seeking collaborations with influential people, at GZPR, we create passion-fueled collaborations that go beyond traditional representation, a performance agency that onboards new clients every month. Our focus is on POC collaborations. Contact us now at hellogzpr.com, a self-aware public relations agency exploring world perspectives with leading talents. Hello and welcome. My name is Tiffany Farag and welcome to Get to Know You, a podcast for those who want to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, where conversations can become stronger when we explore our thinking and behavior. Every Tuesday, a new question will be asked to a guest speaker. Genuine people here to have insightful conversations. Welcoming back, ST Rappaport from previous week's podcast. Welcome back, ST. Hey, Tiffany. I'm so excited to be here speaking with you again. So excited to have you back. Like last conversation was incredible and you also on a cafe episode and that went so well. So we're very, very happy to have you back. Yeah, I was really looking forward to this. <laughs> Thank you. And now, listeners, uh, SD actually brought this question to, to me and wanted to dive deep into it, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, just again, I want to reiterate that we're not psychologists here, but uh, we're going to be diving deep into this question. And we've both done a lot of research on this. So um, yeah, here we go. So the question is, how can we improve our cognitive function? So I guess you can start, SD, and like really like, you know, where you found a lot of your research and um, how, um, I guess, how it's all come together for you. Sure thing. So first of all, I think you need to understand like what is cognitive functions? Um, cognitive functions are the functions that like we are done cognitively. So there are things, the way we think, the way we do things, the way like our mind figures it out. So a specific thing would be, let's say, um, a specific would be like looking clearly. Yeah. Even that's like one of the first ones, like being able to see information clearly. Some people, they look at a paper and they'll start from the bottom up instead of looking down. That is a cognitive dysfunction or cognitive deficiency. And that like, so those are like little things that are cognitive function together. They make up the way we think and the way we do things. So for me, it started from when I was really little. My mom, 11 maybe, got into this thing called Feuerstein. It's a guy named a Professor Feuerstein who made up this method, which is used. It's like pencil and paper. It looks like fun sheets, like connecting dots and finding shapes, which is used to improve the cognitive functions, literally for anyone from down syndrome special needs all the way up to gifted people Mm. because we all have cognitive functions and we all have cognitive deficiencies based on how our brain works so by doing these papers the mediator like the teacher they don't teach anything they just mediate the pages with you and they retrain your brain how to think in a more efficient way so as a kid, I got Feuerstein. It changed the way I felt completely, changed my life, changed the way I did things in school, the way I speak to other people. And as soon as I got, yeah. Yeah. So like you, um, when you say it changed things in school, like, I guess, do you have something to compare it to? Did you like, obviously you had nothing in the beginning and then you were doing it so you you had right that. so I had but cognitive with, functions ready right like I didn't sure. you're born like, with you, your brain right in order to work so sure. even for me when I was a kid it was really hard for me to read okay as soon as I started doing this it was much easier for me okay and you were able I, to see the difference between you and other students in the class as well or did you were you so, able to uh, be aware or, or like notice anything like that and so it's more about me because Every person has different cognitive functions and different okay. cognitive, like different cognitive efficiencies. We all have sure. cognitive functions. The question is if they're working or not. Sure. So I'm not going to want to compare myself to a special needs child if I'm not on that same level as them, yes. right? So I like comparing it to before for your scene and after for your scene okay. for myself. Mm-hmm. So right, like in the beginning, if I'm looking for something, I'm looking everywhere and I'm just not finding it when really the best way to do that is to look systematically. I have literally 
through, with the help of my mediators, trained my brain that when I'm looking for something, it's like, okay, look systematically. I'm in a grocery store. I can't find something specific. What is the most systematic way to go and find this? Mm. Right. Not like there's people who run up and down the aisles, not sure how to do things. Right. Instead, that's the way my brain thinks. I'm trained my brain to think in that way. Before that, I haven't done that. Right. Some people find it naturally and they're thinking, hey, what I'm saying is just like so stupid because obviously that's what you're doing. And some people correlate and say, no, they can't find their shoes every morning and they never know where their car keys are. So all of that is relative. That's cognitive function when you lose things or you don't have any way of organizing or seeing or how to find something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because all the cognitive functions together connect, like work together to become cognitive operations or mental operations. Like, let's say you need to compare, right? You have a new job. You need two options. You need to decide which job you want to do. And you have like two options and you need to compare what's better, what's worse, better pay, better hours, better. Like, what are you, what are you comparing now in order to be able to compare? That's a mental operation. You need to have cognitive functions to be able to go and figure that out. You need to have cognitive functions at work. Do you think is it like, um, let's break it down a little bit. It, like specifically, like for that example, what cognitive functions would you be looking at? Like example? For that specifically, let's say to be yes. able to compare. Yes. So first of all, you need like majorly um, clear perception, right? Like not having a whole bunch of thing everywhere. You need to have systematic, explorative behavior, like to be able to see things systematically. You need to be able to be precise, to precise research, be able to pr- precisely compare it. You need to be doing um, like in f- hypothetical thinking, like if and then sort of things. Like, so if I take this, then what? Mm. You need to be able to see cause and effects, right? Similar to hypothetical thinking, but it's uses slightly different parts. Like those are just some of them. There's sure. so many more. As you're breaking that down there, that's quite intensive. Like there's a lot going on there. I'm just thinking now, like making decisions. Like, do you think we're aware of these, these cognitive functional things that we're doing or is it happening unconsciously? Yeah. These things happen unconsciously, unless you're someone like me, who every person I speak to, I like see which, what's their cognitive deficiencies. Because like I said, I've been in this, I got trained when I was 16, constantly going for more training. I like constantly thinking about it and work with people all day. So that's what I think when I see people like, I remember I was by my friend's house the other day and she was like hanging up laundry and she has like this stand, like that she hangs up the stuff that she needs to dry. For me, I would have just like put everything in a pile, picked up one and like dropped it on the stand. Well, for her, she first found a place for every single item and then she spread them out. Ah. Now that is better. She has really good planning and really good visualization. She needed to be, no, let's put it like she's very visual. She Mm. needed to be able to see where everything was for me. I've been able to just like say, assess, okay, I have 10 things. This is where the things are going. She needs to see if it actually fits on. Now that doesn't have to be a problem, right? But if she were to maybe get some foyer scene and get, or even just change, mediate the way she relates to her cognitive functions, she could improve her cognitive functions like that and maybe find it easier. So that doesn't mean one way is especially better or worse in this example. But I then like, okay, so what other areas of her life is this affecting? Yeah, that's a really, that's very interesting to me, like that she does it. She sees the clothesline, pictures, where is everything going to go before she puts it on there? So many people don't do yeah. that. I just like. Right. Oh, no, but so for her, no, one second. But for her, she yeah. just picture it. She had to put it down. And I realized afterwards, it's not just having to put it down. It's she many times has a problem seeing the future. It goes together with that, ah. right? So she can't just like say, okay, I want to put this pants here and this shirt here and this sock here, mm. but rather I need to be able to actually put it there until I know for sure that it's, it's going to fit there. So, yeah. Ah, so like, okay. how do I know if I go on this trip, it's going to be amazing. I'm not going to know until I'm actually there. 
Interesting. So for her to make let that that's a smaller example. Have you been able to like you know what would be a a, a larger example, I guess, of how this lady uses like that cognitive function in a, in a kind of a larger context? Like you say, right. like so, taking a trip. Like if she was to go on a holiday, she wouldn't go, or she'd have to. No, no, she would go, but she won't know. She's never like a hundred percent certain about anything. She won't know whether it will be good or not. Yes, but. Okay. until she actually goes there. It doesn't mean she's not going to do anything, especially that like she loves traveling and she knows that she's going to like it. But like, even if she's like cooking dinner, it's like, I don't know what's going to taste good until I actually sit down and I taste it. Versus me, like I see I'm cooking. I know right away in the beginning or whatever, obviously as soon as something burns, I know it's bad. Or as soon as something, I think like, I don't have so much patience. I know it's not going to be as good. I'm, I'm having a lot of patience today. I know it's going to come out better. Mm. I'm not at, can I be surprised? Yeah. Do I think by mistake I put in, too much soldiers yeah but in general i know that that's what it's going to be i'm sure of it for her not she to- can't visualize that actual yes it's perfect oh i don't know it's making me think that kind of that works in her favor because then she's not actually she doesn't have this expectation she's just like well we'll see what happens in that moment i do whatever it is or after i do it yes. so that's kind of a great thing so in many ways it's really good right so you could have for a cognitive deficiency on either way too extreme someone who does it too much let's say precise being precise is a cognitive function but too precise isn't good so and being not precise at all also isn't good so you need to have a balance that's where the balance like the right part comes in because although it's really good in many areas she has no expectations it stops her from doing many things because she doesn't know if she's going to do it or not. Ah, how, like okay. I can't, I can't find a new job because how do I know I'm going to like that job? I don't know what to do because how do I know? I'm so she like doesn't that? go ahead and apply to things. Maybe like many things. There's a real cognitive, there may be some also emotional there. I'm not like saying I do believe it's very intertwined. Sure. That's why, like going back to like what we spoke about last time. That's really helpful. Like to know both sides of the brain, mm. but many, many areas. It's a cognitive function of being not able to go and do things because she doesn't know. Wow. Okay. That is, that is actually really, really, really interesting. I guess like, you know, when you're looking at what the, you know, you're talking about the two hemispheres and you're saying there's an engagement between the two cerebrum parts of the brain. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. But what with like, uh, is that correlated or there's still like not just the cerebral part, you need the cerebellum as well to be able to do exactly what you're like. Some of the things that you're talking about there is part of the cerebellum, right? Yeah, it's the whole, all parts of the brain. You so talk about, you exactly talk about which, all exactly. Yeah, but okay. a, ma- a lot of it, a lot of it is in the logical part of the brain. So how would, how would you say, so like giving that example, I guess not necessarily that example, but anything else, how would you say would be going about improving her cognitive function? Okay. I think first you need to understand that there's three types of cognitive functions. Okay. There's input cognitive functions, there's elaboration and there's output Mm. where we get our information. Okay. Like think about it. If a person gets something wrong at a test, you don't know if it was because they didn't understand the question, they couldn't process it correctly, or they knew the answer and they just couldn't write it. Mm. Right? So that's why I'm like not a fan of tests because they don't really show you what, like what What's the happening. person is going. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you have to first be able to identify at what point is this cognitive deficiency? Is it in the input phase? Is it in the elaboration phase? Or is it in the output phase? Okay. Right. Okay. Once you know that, then you could work with that. Now, what you're gonna, the way to improve it is to mediate it, to find more ways of how you can go and improve it. Like, so first you have to identify, I guess, what in what you know with that example that you gave. I don't know why I'm just using that example, but um, yeah, because just we spoke about it. Yeah. (laughs) Would you what what phase is that in? If she, if there's those three phases, how would you classify that example? In what, in what phase? I think it's in the elaboration phase because she could see all the information, mm. and once she does have it, she let's say going back to the laundry can put everything out there. Okay, but 
it's obviously it's all intertwined. There'll be parts from the input, parts from elaboration, and parts from the output. But I think here the major part is the elaboration, and then maybe even also output because even if she has convinced herself, like and processed it in the elaboration phase, the output of actually going to do it may be still difficult. There might be a different cognitive function. Sure. So could you be, could you have, like you're saying, could you have, you don't have to necessarily be put into one of those boxes. You could be put into both two of those categories. Right. Because there's officially, like according to Forestine, there's 28 cognitive functions and they're split into those three um, like categories. But then, like we said earlier, they all work together to make mental operations, right. To make, so Many times there'll be a specific thing, right? Let's say planning, like not planning for the future or something might, is a mix of all of them. So it does go with all three. It does go. So, but maybe one is more, I guess, prominent right, than the right, others. Right, right, right. But it goes with all right. three. Like someone who has blurred perception won't be able to read. Like I know I have clients that every time they look at the paper, they start from the bottom up literally you have to train the brain right okay now Mm. this will answer your question right how can you improve it okay you're gonna want to train the brain to go and do it in the more efficient way right so what i would do is i want her every single time when she reads this paper not to read at the bottom but to read at the top so what i would do is right in the beginning i would hand i won't give her the paper all the stack of papers i would hand her paper and before i hand it to her i would tell her Tell me what's on the top of the page. Mm. So automatically her brain knows to go on the top of the page. And then we move on from that. That's the first step on from yeah. that is next time I give her a paper, first give her the paper and say, okay, what's on the top of the page. And then next time, like as time gets better at that, read me the page. Now, sometimes she may still go down from the middle, but like, Hey, what's the title, right? Like make her brain aware of it. Because like you said, we do this automatically subconsciously. And then once it's just a page and it's like other areas of your life, when you go read a book, don't just start from the middle of the book, like go and be conscious of it twice today. I'm going to make sure to look on the top of the page. Do you think like part of that has to do with, because she's going to the end and going to the end, like it's like, um, you know, not just not being focused, but more a matter of wanting to know, like, not wanting to work it's like oh, i want to know what's going to happen or at the end or uh you know can't be bothered that kind of that could be that is actually a cognitive function of like i'm not sure the official title and the fish forgot the name of it of like um being able to put yourself to go do the work like yes. to be whatever you get what i'm saying right yeah that can be for some people. I know specifically for her, it's not because I've been working with her and I know the way she works mm-hmm. and there are certain patterns. These are stuff that are patterns, right? When it comes over and over again, and if she's looking for something, opens her closet and let's say she's looking for a spike, she's always going to look on the bottom shelf, even though technically she knows it's on the middle shelf that comes from blurred perception. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So you're going to have to, if you want to improve your cognitive functions, have to identify what's going on here, what could be better and what, what is like the specific pattern that is keep on happening here. So that way you could mediate yourself and say like, okay, so now I'm going to try always looking at the top of the page, or now I'm going to always try to look systematically or whatever it is. Sure. Are there some people though who have like, you know, these um, maybe lower cognitive functions, but can't recognize when something's happening. So they're not able to call themselves out or change something. Right. That's why the best would be is to do it with a mediator, Mm. someone who is trained to look for them specifically, because then they're like looking for them and helping them. But I do believe that like most people, okay, I'm not talking about someone with like extreme disabled abilities as someone with like that, like looking to grow and wants to improve themselves. They might not know like the official names of what these cognitive functions are called, but they'll be able to pick out that pattern. Like think of habits of things that you always do, even something specific, like, I don't know, even like the way you brush your teeth or the way you get dressed might not make a massive difference the way you get dressed, but it might actually 
be better if you like stop and think about it. Hey, what would happen if I would put this on first instead of that? Or I get dressed in that room so I don't have to keep on going back. Like I know with me, like personal example, when I was younger, if let's say I had to clean a messy room, okay? For me, it was always really easy. I had no problem doing that because I could see one specific thing and say, okay, now I'm doing this specific thing and I'm putting it away. And now I'm doing this specific thing and I'm putting it away. So that was great for my cognitive like function, but I had a problem. I couldn't group things together. Let's mm. say I was cleaning a room and 10 things had to go to a different room. Yes. I would go back and forth 10 times because ah, instead I'm of putting it all together. Focused. Yes. And I'm too focused it. on this. So like you said before, it's really good because for me, people get overwhelmed. Some people get overwhelmed when they see messy rooms. And for me, that was okay. I totally had no problem doing that, but like the opposite extreme. So then I had to mediate my brain. Okay. So I'm really good at cleaning this room. I don't want to ruin it and see the whole room and get overwhelmed like other people, Yeah. but I'm going to train myself. Okay. So now when I clean the room, everything that has to go to the other room is going in a pile here. And then I'm going to take it. And after doing it enough times, it becomes habit and you don't even think about it anymore. Sure. Do you think though, like part of like, so obviously we'd all have things where we can improve. This is oh, like a fact, like we all have things and you still have things. And I still have things that we can obviously always improve our cognitive function. But do you think some of these things that we do are part of just a personality trait? So, or not necessarily hindering our cognitive function, but more part of just a personality trait. I look at it flip side. The way your brain is wired is gonna like, um, I guess affect your personality. Mm, sure. Okay. So it goes that way, but then, but because your brain is modifiable, you could go and change that and you could then change your personality. That's so true. That's a really, really great point. So with the, like with the research that I was doing, so um, they were saying that there's like, you know, three core things, but I'll break it down later. Three core things by to improve your cognitive function, practice, exploring, and then learning new things in like the 3D real world. Those that's yeah. what it really comes down to, to. And when when uh when I read that, I was like thinking, like, well, can those three things are they are they applied to every cognitive function or can is it, it to improve it or is that like a generalization to improve the overall? Like can you improve overall cognitive function or do you have to be specific to something to improve it? I think that most people, when they think cognitive functions and like trying new things or learning, right, like being open and stuff, that will improve the overall. And it's great, right? Like, I don't know, like they say, like do brain games because it improves your cognitive function. But if you want to get it more personalized, you want to improve a specific cognitive function in your life, you're going to want to identify what that is so you could do things specifically for that. Mm. because there also might be improving things that you're really good at already, which is great. Improve it more, but you'll want to focus on things that you need. Oh, so, so it will improve something, but just maybe a little, if you want to improve it. Yeah. On you large also scale, might not you know which, yeah, you might not know which part it's improving. So you're sure. trying this new thing and you're like doing things, but you're not recognizing which one of the cognitive functions am I using for this, that it's improving that. Sure. Sure. So like, let's say someone like myself comes into you and I'm like, oh, I want to be more, I want to be more, uh, uh, not focused. I want to be more focused. Let's take yeah, more that focused, for example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want to be more focused. And um, maybe you're noticing that I am focused. I could sit down and read a full book. I'm, I'm quite focused already. Well, what, what would be additional to what it is I'm already doing that would allow me to improve my focus like are there any specific science things that we would that we would do outside of like um you know uh i don't know what exercises they would give to improve focus but like meditation for example that already we know that improves focus would be like okay well you're not meditating enough you need to meditate longer yeah so i work slightly differently with this when I do this first of all most people who come to me they just like have like it's either it's like hard in school or hard at work or in general their life is not focused is not like functioning the way they want it to be so 
it doesn't have to be bad. It could be just like not their top level. Um, so they don't know specifically what it is, but let's say, yeah, you do come with me. You say you want more focus. I'm going to want to identify which other cognitive function is attached to focus because focusing is a cognitive function, but which other ones are you having a hard time with? Is it, so you don't have a hard time sitting down actually and reading the book, but maybe there's a hard, a part of it, let's say processing the book. Mm. Or what you do with the information after the book. So you feel like you haven't focused the whole time because you read the book, but all the information is just a mess in your brain and you don't feel focused. So based on that, we will find strategies and principles, life principles of how to go and change it in your brain. So you want to writing it down. Maybe that's what it'd be like. So you, when you want, when you're going to want to find, when you do this, like, in any area of a specific thing you want to improve, you're going to want to make some sort of statement that will affect all areas of your life. So let's say for this, let's say you want more focus. You would be like when you make a statement, like when I'm trying to take in a lot of information, write down bullet points Mm. or something like that. So that way your brain like could memorize that sentence, could know, could identify with it. And then whenever you take a lot of information, doesn't mean whether it's reading a book, it's listening to a speech, it's whatever it is, you might want to write down information like that. So yeah, do you get what I'm saying? I do get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And the other thing too, like as I was reading, like um, that only if you're, let's say those three things that I was talking about, practicing, exploring, and that's the breakdown. So only if you're doing one of those things are you actually activating your entire cognitive brain. Like a part, so pose, let's say you're practicing. Practicing is that part of half of the brain. So you're not allowing those two hemispheres to kind of um, connect. Would you say? I think that practicing, what practicing does is it goes over and over the neural path that you have made to make it easier and faster for you to go and do it. Mm. Right. So let's say if you're playing piano the first time, it's really hard. It has to make that path. And then afterwards, it just goes. It goes faster. Mm -hmm. But if you're practicing something that you're really good at, you're just reinforcing that cognitive function that you're really good at. Mm -hmm. You're going to want to practice the part that is hard for you. So let's say going back to the example we just gave, practice so writing down points when you have a lot of information sure so it's like say you're practicing and you're at this level you're going to stay at this level if you want to go any further you have to add in the exploring and the learning new things to be able to go to increase it yeah you're gonna i I would say that slightly differently you're at this level you're staying at this level for this specific thing Mm, so if you want to improve this specific thing right Mm. like playing piano you want to improve it then you're going to improve that specific thing and that is going to go up but everything else in your brain is going to stay the same if you want to improve all your cognitive functions and you do have to do all yeah you have sure. To explore. You do, yeah. Sure. Okay. Okay. So I so I did this um this um reading this study. It was a meta a meta analysis um on like neuroscience studies about this, and they gave it like a list of different things. And I kind of want to go through them with you about how these things kind of improve the cognitive function. So the first one that I always say is physical activity. So how exactly like I guess like what is happening like with the physical activity that's allowing us to you know, improve that cognitive function. Obviously, they're like, I'm going to say that there's a lot of hormones released. Is it increasing a certain hormone that's um, allowing you to, I don't know, improve memory or something like that? So there may be like specific activities to help memory, but just doing physical physical activity like you said, releases hormones and just gets your brain thinking. I think that physical activity is great for a general cognitive, like just keeping it up. And so it doesn't like fry mm-hmm. sort of style, mm. but it won't improve a specific one. 
Okay, sure, sure. Because I was talking about like the the exercise, physical activity in particular is endurance exercise. So we weren't talking about any other things, but endurance exercise increases the molecule irisin or something, and that improves like um, as they would say, like it improves, it allows the brain not to degenerate. So it kind of keeps it in that kind of healthy zone. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? Like I just said, so like it doesn't fry. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. basically exactly what you were saying. So mm-hmm. like the other thing that they were talking about, like in habits and stuff, is like openness to this experiences. Why is that? How is that something that improves because your cognitive that, function? Yeah, exactly. That is creates new neuron connections. That mm-hmm. is going to force your brain to have to think in different ways and in new ways, right? So. If in general you wanna um, you wanna improve cognitive functions, just try new things and do anything, and some of your cognitive functions will be improved. If you want to do a specific one, you're gonna want to create a specific habit, like be open to create a specific habit for that cognitive function. So, like we said, like taking points whenever you have a lot of information. That's exactly what you're going to want to do. You're going to want to create some sort of habit, some sort of sentence, some sort of strategy that right. You're open to these things. So that way you're going to practice them going back to the practice before and improve that specific part. Sure. Sure. But with the openness, I was just thinking like, if you're open to new experiences or new learning or things, you're cause it's something so new, isn't it starting at the baseline? It's starting from like how is something introducing something new improving what you've already got because that's what it that's what's that's what's happening yeah so there's different parts there's if it's something new your brain automatically is gonna need to try to find ways to be able to do it so it's gonna try to compare it to something else that you already know right let's say you try uh new video game, right? Mm -hmm. Just for an example, Mm -hmm. automatically your brain is going to try to think what other video games have I played in the past? That's most similar to this. So that way I could go and figure it out. But then there's going to be newness. There's going to be difference that your brain is going to have to create new neuropaths. So you're going to be improving and bringing up and practicing those specific mental operations that you used for different things and be creating new mental operations and new paths for this one. So it's great when you try new things because you're improving both parts, the old oh. stuff that you knew already and the new stuff. Creating new things, sure. And what's the difference? Like, you know, in this study that I was reading, they were kind of they were separating between openness to new experiences and like curiosity and creativity. Aren't they grouped together in one? But for some reason showing in the study that they, they trigger or improve different, part, different things cognitively. Yes, I like I would like if I were doing it, I'd probably just put it together. But now that you're saying it, I think about it. It's like being open is like, let's say, okay, I want to create a new habit. What habit can I do? And you're like being open to what new habits can I put in? Being curious is curious about everything, is wanting to know. You want to ask questions, right? As mediators, the only thing we do is literally ask questions. You don't teach anything. I sit there in front of these kids, in front of these adults that I'm working with, and just ask them questions. How do you think you're going to figure out this page? How are you able to do this? What do you do? You could do that same thing for yourself. Be curious about yourself and the way that you are processing information. How was I able to figure this out? This task was a really hard task, right? This is it's like a really good um, thing to do. If you just finished a big project at work or moved or whatever it was, the thing was like a little more difficult, sit down and be curious about it. How was I able to go and do it and break it down, see what worked, what didn't Mm. work and how you can make it better. And people say that's great for like habit and for self-improvement. And it's true, but it's really, really good also for your cognitive functions to know how to go and do it again in the future. Like the process and sure. Okay. As you're speaking mm-hmm. about it now, I can see the separation and the difference. Cause like the curiosity is like you're, when you're curious, you're questioning when you're open to something, you're just taking it in. You're taking mm-hmm. in a new experience. Exactly. You're not questioning that's, anything. That's probably. Yeah. More. It's put very so, well. I like it like that. 
Yeah, and so like in this part of the study, it was talking about how children who start off young by being creative and curious when they're young, like the research showed it was over like 20, 30 years or whatever, were more likely to be like innovators in in that time. I'm like, okay. That is very, very true. That's incredible. And I think that added to that, I think all kids are curious. Kids like to ask questions. Kids touch everything. Kids, and then society comes and like just um, don't ask now mama doesn't have time I can't do this don't touch mm-hmm. that don't do that that it stops our creativity it stops our thinking processes right like yeah that's why even things like open-ended art or just like letting your free play kids playing outside playing with like any amount of toys and not just like have to build this specific thing with a lego you know much more develops the brain and develops the curiosity, the cognitive functions and everything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's given me so many like ideas, like when it comes to having children, I'm like, okay, okay, got to do this, got to do that. Got to like want to do this, want to do so much with them. Um, The next thing they're talking about is like social connection. How does that improve like cognitive function? Isn't that what I don't understand that like social connection as in meeting new people? So that's like an interesting one. I never thought of it like that before. Mm, It could be that meeting new people makes you have to relate. When you speak to someone, like Mm. you know this person already, you know how to relate to them. When you meet a new person, your brain has to figure out how to speak to them, how to connect. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's cool. And things like that. So that probably does improves the cognitive functions like that. So there's a curiosity. Obviously, it's a new person and you're curious and yet you're connecting and maybe it's not you're connecting in a different way. So it's like a new social connection like because it's, you know, every connection kind of brings something new and it's unique. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But then again, your brain wants to make it easier for yourself. So it's going to try to find things that were similar. Maybe it will like remind you of someone who you met in the past or and that you'll try that out to see if that will work the way you relate to that other person so again it's like working on things that happen that you have already and it's working on finding new ways working finding new ways and a big one here obviously in the study and a lot of people um you know just in the western world the last 20 years has been a lot of like hype around it and a lot of people seeing improvements but meditation and mindfulness is a strong one that improves cognitive function. Like a lot of people talk about it, obviously it kind of stills the brain, but how is it enhancing the mind? I guess, you know, how it, is it more I guess because you're it able just to like focus? Becomes like, so, yeah, when you're mindful, you're taking in all the information, you're recognizing everything, you're being in the moment and seeing, okay, what is going on here? your brain's not just racing away and like figuring out the next thing, trying to know what to do, but rather putting all the pieces together. Mm. So probably like connects all the parts of your brain and puts it in the same space. So like creating relationships, that's like a really big one with cognitive function, creating virtual relationships between different things. So that way your brain can process it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. The other thing that they were going into, which is quite, which I don't think a lot of people understand the importance of this, is just like like enough sleep. Enough sleep will really like, you know, is that part of the whole physical activity kind of similar thing where it doesn't allow the brain to fry? Is Is that kind of how it's kind of keeping the brain in a healthy space? I would guess, yeah, that what probably makes a lot of sense and probably also because like your brain just needs to maybe similar to being that like meditation mindfulness like needs to process it all and not just like take it actually go deeper with the things and not just notice it on surface level yeah yeah sure sure I think too like you know a big thing here is that unfortunately a lot of people don't see they're trying to improve their cognitive function until they see something wrong because that's, that's right. I think, people think, oh, I only need to improve it when there's something wrong with it. Not, oh, I need to improve it. I can, I can I, you know, I can, I, I'm not aware of anything wrong, but I can still improve my cognitive function. 
Yeah, that's why, like I said, most of my clients come to me when they have problems because that's when they say, okay, I need to get help. But I know that, like, my mom runs a preschool, and if there's a kid who needs Forestine, like, right, obviously you can't make everybody go and get, but if there's a kid specifically having a little more time difficult, like a little more difficulty, she'll just the parents to get Forestine. And many times she always says, is like, okay, now it's only a little struggle, and now it's like, okay, she could still manage. But when she's in fourth grade and she's not managing at all, you're going to be really glad that you get like, you'll be like regret that you didn't give her forcing because if you give her now, it will change things later. So yeah, it's really big. Like anyone here, just like stop and think of like, okay, so what am I doing? And like, what could be a little better? Yeah, we can all, we can all always improve our cognitive function. The other thing that I was talking about was reducing your chronic stress. That's a big one that will keep your brain like cortisol yeah, really you're... too high is just very damaging on the mind and kind of ruins a lot of neurons. Like, a... Yeah, your brain literally shuts down. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think I want to also talk about here, when you say, when we're talking about like how to improve our cognitive function, I think a lot of people think too like intelligence. Is that improving your intelligence? So they do say that after a certain amount of Feuerstein sessions, your IQ goes up. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. Like, I'm curious, like I should have gotten an IQ test before and after. Yeah. But it most definitely changes the way you think. So you do become more intelligent. Think about it. When I was cleaning the room and every time going back and forth to the other rooms, for most people, that's like obvious. And that's like, okay, like, why are you doing that? And for me, I was just working harder. And like, I'm like, but I just, you know, efficient. Like I need my brain efficient. To- yeah, it wasn't efficient. It wasn't mm. anything. But that was also the one example. Think about like all the other things I would have done at work and all the other things I would do in every other area of my life with that brain. That is one example of where it came out in, but it could be in many other areas, right? So I do think that I became more intelligent from it. Now I'm curious about something. Let's say hanging up things on the clothesline in the way let's go back to that example i think that's quite like you know she knows where everything is before she puts it on that way she has room she knows where it all is i think that's quite a good thing but in other ways we'll showing it shows that it was hindering her so can you kind of compart like separate that go i'm going to use this ability that i have got in one in this thing because it is beneficial but in other ways it's not so i'm going to improve it can you separate it Yes, that's exactly what I was talking about. The balance is that separation is realizing where it's great, right? Like I remember Mm. I saw that. I was like, oh my gosh, it's genius that she's going and hanging it up on the, making space, making sure she has space for everything. Mm. But you have to be able to know and identify that cognitive function to say like, okay, so here it's working for me and here I want to use it. And here I need to be more flexible here. I don't want to write like I, one of the first things that like I always get involved in is like precise. Like I said before, sometimes you need to be precise, right? If you're writing a post for something, a college paper, something for work, you need to make sure all your spelling is correct and double check and stuff like that. If you were to do that with every little note that you scribbled on a paper, in your whole life, all your sticky notes, all your shopping lists, all those things, you would go crazy and you'd be wasting so much time, right? Rechecking every note that you wrote to make sure that there's no, like that it's proofread correctly, that there's no spelling mistakes. So like that, you say you have to be able to know when to use it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. As I, as I was doing more research, I was kind of finding, like, because back onto the intelligence, because I think there's a link there that they were saying, so other than the things that we mentioned, because it was all relative the same, but doing things the hard way would improve intelligence, which improves cognitive function, which I thought was quite interesting. Not the easy way, doing things the hard way. Yes, yeah, that is the hard way. I think that, first of all, it creates new neuron connections, right? It makes you have to do something differently. And sometimes doing things the hard way to add to that is for you, it's the hard way, but it's really the more efficient way, right? Like me going Mm. back to that, cleaning that room. Yeah. For me, it was hard in the beginning to put it all in a pile, right? People used to always tell me, just put it in a pile and go and do it. But I used to like, no, that's harder. Why am I working harder? But after doing it a few times the hard way, I realized this is, hey, this is really more efficient. This is really the easier way. So 
yet, number one, it creates new neuron connections. So just for that, even if it really is the hard way, go into it. And number two is you might realize that you were originally doing it the hard way. Yeah. Okay. So like, you know, what I'm thinking like, you know, many things I struggle with and that's, I would say a lot of the time it's always the hard way, but is it allowing you to, it's like improving problem solving skills. Like that's why it's like, and that improves, like if something comes so easy to you all the time, you don't, you lose the ability to have problem solving skills. So it, you know, I don't know how that's relative to not being so intelligent though. Like why, why is doing things the hard way allowing you to be more intelligent? Be only, is it only because you're improving your problem solving skills? It's not only the problem solving skills, although that's a big part of it. It's also the way you're training your brain to think, right? Like when you do something the same way over and over again, your brain is just like going over the pattern. It's easy. This neuropath is mm. easy for me to follow. As soon as I do something the hard way, my brain has to think in a different way and it keeps it on edge, right? Like it lights it up. It's like lit up. It's like, okay, I gotta Literally, work. I gotta... that is what happens. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't like, you know, it's like when you, when you introduce something new to your brain, initially it lights up the first time, maybe the second time, the third time, but the 20th time it's not lighting up anymore. Exactly that. That's the easy way. And then as soon as, if you were to do that thing and then say, okay, I already did this 20 times. It's not lighting up anymore. I want it to light up again. I just have to find a new way to go and do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I was just thinking too, like when you're like improving your like cognitive function, would it alter what you're doing in relative to age group? Let's take out the children. Let's say we're all adults, but like, will the same things enhance, like say for example, in the, in the, you know, 20 to 30 year olds doing something and the 50 to 60 year olds doing something to imp- trying to, to do the same specific thing, would they need to be doing different things to enhance that exact same thing that they want to improve? Or are you, are you doing the same things? I think that it's not, especially depending on age group, it mm. depends on the specific person. Because cognitive functions are very, very personalized based on how, right? Like all our brains work differently and they think differently. So it's really, really personalized. That's why we could do this with Down syndrome people and gifted kids because it's personalized for everyone. So the activities that you're going to want to choose for yourself to do doesn't have to be aged group. It'd be more like personality decisions of what you want to do sure so like uh so like a 21 year old could be you know if there's similar personality of a 60 year old they could be doing the same exact exercise to improve that aspect to improve that that thing function, yeah. would you say does the time change as well would you say maybe a 21 year old needs to do something for a shorter period of time than a 60 year old or would it be i don't know it's very possible because it's more ingrained a certain way but I don't know. I think it also depends. It's not only time. It also depends like how often and how much and how, how hard is it for you to change a habit, right? Like they say 90 days, but what does that mean? Doing it once a week for 90 days? Does it say, does it mean like doing it five times a day? Like it really depends how hyper-focused you are on it. Am I going to make sure to do this thing 10 times today? It might become habit in three days. Sure. You know? And the other, and the other thing too is like, well, you know, there's a lot of other research there that says that after you're 40, a lot of um, ways of thinking or things like that, is this kind of relative to the same thing or is it kind of a different topic? Ways of thinking kind of is more concrete or it's it's more fixed and harder to change after you're 40 than it is when you're younger than 40. Yeah, many people do believe that and I do think that it makes sense in many ways because there are patterns that like what we said, the neural paths are this go are very, very deep at that point. Mm. But I don't, again, I don't know exactly. Like I for sure won't say it's impossible. Like I know some clients have been 70. Okay. Um, so we've had that, but it goes together with desire, right? Someone who purposely goes and chooses. Yes. Yeah. If you want like, to, that, you can, and mm-hmm. like you will, and you're right. So I don't like giving, in. Yeah, I don't like giving like time frames, you know, it depends no, how no. much and but how people, desire and stuff. 
but people who are younger or maybe don't necessarily have that strong want are still able to like alter things more easily because their brain is still a bit more malleable than someone who's a bit older. Is that more what they're kind of saying? Because Yes, probably. And really the best, best would be before age six. That is when the brain really is in the most malleable state. Mm, um, mm. And they're saying like uh, all the way up to 25, there's still neural networks and maturity that's developing in the brain all the way up that's to true. 25. To- that is true. And then, right, like you said, some people say after 40, like it ends that I completely don't believe. Um, or Whatever much, it is, much harder. fixed on certain things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> I can't no, like, no, no. prove anything. No, no. But I just like I just take it very open. Like, okay, like I'm not giving dates on anything. I'm not saying anything. You do it based on your personality, based on how much effort you put in and see what happens. And you know? see what happens. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this was such a like an incredible conversation. I really love this topic so much because doing, you know, I think I'm always trying to improve my brain's whatever capabilities i don't know the capabilities too because even when you're trying to improve something it's endless isn't it like you can always keep improving it whatever it may be maybe you are really focused or maybe you are really uh, whatever it is but you can always be better there's no optimum you don't necessarily you don't know our capabilities so yeah i don't know like i feel like we should all be you know even if you don't identify if you're not sure or maybe something's wrong or maybe something isn't even as a generalized thing i think we should always be improving our cognitive function yeah yeah like you said trying new things and being open being curious. yeah exactly and you do you do things um specifically for yourself or yeah you- so for sure yeah. so first of all um even in foresting, there's like many levels of training. Like I just recently did another one a few weeks ago. Um, and that for sure automatically changes my things. And then while, even while I work with people, I'm like, obviously I'm focused on the client and I'm seeing like what their cognitive function is. But as we have discussions and speak about new strategies and new life principles. I'm like, okay, how else can I put this in my life? Yeah. Unconsciously working on yourself while you're working with them on that specific thing. Oh yeah. 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 Yes. And like students are the greatest teachers, you know? Exactly. So for sure. Like, I'm like, if I'm going and telling a client that she has to go and do this, I better be making sure I'm doing that. Yeah. You're better and improving yourself. Yeah. That's so fantastic. (laughs) I love that so much. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. This has been incredible. I love this. And there's so many things that I'm going to take and um, maybe take you up on some things. Maybe you can help me improve, improve some of my own cognitive cognitive functions that I'm trying to like improve. Oh yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you. You've been awesome. Yeah. Sorry good so good I'm like looking forward to the next one like I want to do another one with you that would be really great yeah awesome well thank you so much for coming on thank you for listening to get to know you if you enjoyed this podcast rate review and share the podcast on Facebook or Instagram you can tag me at get to know you with Tiffany Farrakh in my mission to open conversations and access deeper dialogue I want to hear from you listeners the question again how can we improve our cognitive function? Leave an audio, video, or a message on the Facebook or Instagram page of your response to today's question, including your name and where you are from. We'll include some different responses in next week's Get to Know You Cafe to further deepen dialogue on this topic. If you have any topics you would like us to discuss, be sure to tag me in a post with your question. Join us every Tuesday on Get to Know You.